0: Jeremiah chapter 3, and we are going to consider verses 14 and 15. Jeremiah chapter 3, we're going to consider verses 14 and 15. What testament is Jeremiah in? All right. And Jeremiah is right after? Isaiah. Keep that in, in mind. Isaiah. Well, Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Return, which is a change direction. Or to come back. Then he identifies who he's talking to. Oh, backsliding sliding children. And Jeremiah as a prophet lets them know who he's speaking on behalf of says the Lord. For I am married to you. I will take you one from a city and two from a family and bring you to Zion. And notice what's going to happen when he gets them to Zion. And I will give you shepherds, according to my heart, who will feed you. And it's not going to be a buffet. Well, it's not. It's going to be just a, a, I don't even know if a short menu would be good. Most of us will have a problem with just eating two items, but here we got two items. The shepherds will feed you with knowledge and understanding collard greens and cornbread. Yeah. Lima beans and corn, neck bone and coleslaw. You ain't really got to have a, a, a twenty one item buffet to eat good. you can you can get two things and eat real good. Yeah. So it is just going to be two items and one cook. Yeah, just one cook. Now he says shepherds in the text, but when you write or divide the word, you understand that there is a shepherd per house. So the cook needs to be able to cook right. If he'd only cook, we don't want no experiment. Before you get married, brother, you need to make sure she can cook. Because some of us know what it is to marry women that can't cook. That is not a pretty thing. But again, according to verse 14 of Jeremiah 3, he, he, he wants the backslidden children to come back. And if they do so, he'll take them. And they'll go from there to Zion. And then he will give them a gift. A gift that verse 15 deems shepherds common term pastor I'll give you pastors But but these pastors are going to be according to Hill's heart and they are going to be feeders pastors that will feed the ones that come back to Zion with two items knowledge and understanding now this food that the shepherd is going to feed the people will be divine or from God. And so based upon all that I have said, but especially the text, my subject this morning is eaters of divine food. Say to somebody, the subject today... Is now say the subject to yourself as you tapped yourself. Now let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. (laughs) The text is written by Jeremiah, who was a prophet of God and a prophet primarily speaks on God's behalf in reference to the present, the near future, and the distant future. Prophet can speak a word that's so powerful that it will not only be meaningful in his day, but even after his demise, that word will still have weight. This text, Jeremiah 3, 14 and 15, is still relevant in our day and times. If we allow it, it can be a blessing to us right now. Right now. And if you'll notice, the Lord had Jeremiah address people that were related to him that he called backslidden. Backslidden. A matter of fact, he called them backslidden children. What is it to be backslidden? In, in one sense it means that you have switched sides in reference to God. You no longer worship him or you're no longer monotheistic. You have now become an idolater or a person that worshiped Other gods. Left serving God. And have started serving other gods. Whether it's a thing, a person, wood, rock, a statue, or what have you. Second, it, it has to do with being apostate. Where you have went so far as to renounce your beliefs. I know I used to praise him, but I don't believe in praising him no more. I know I, I, I said I received the Holy Ghost, but I found now I didn't really receive that because it's not real. You're renouncing your beliefs. You have become an apostate. But what I really want you to understand about somebody that's backslidden as it pertains to us is when a person goes from serving God wholeheartedly And becomes lukewarm. John addressed it. uh, Out of my mouth. Bachelorette. Church has become social. And not primary. Church has become like the mall. You might or might not. Just depends on how you feel. And so even though you calm, you backslid. Even though you sing about God from time to time, you backslid. Even though you, you you pray Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you skip every other day. You backslid. Some of us know what it is to be backslidden and out of the church. But I want you to know what it is to be backslidden and in the church. you come calm because your sister come. Ooh, backslidden in the church. You're all right until somebody hit that nerve. You're backslidden in the church. You are tithe until whoever receiving the offering make you mad. You're backslidden in the church. Say to your neighbor, it is not good to be backslidden. But it's especially not to be good to be backslidden in the church. Because instead of allowing the word to help you, the word will make you mad. Instead of you receiving the word, you will reject the word. Why? Because you're backsliding in the church. And, And so God said to Jeremiah, I want you to address the backsliders. I want you to tell them that I want them back. Tell them to return. That ain't nothing but the mercy of God. Because if some of us cut the fool on some of us, we'd be ready to to sever the relationship. I'm done with her. I'm done with him. But God said, I know she's been messing up, but I still want her to come back. I know she praised me when, when she decides or desires to praise me and not when I tell her to praise me but I still want her back I know he only ties on second and fourth Sunday but I still want him to come back well, when you look at somebody they may or may not be back and say God wants you back, wants you back. Well, some of y'all didn't want to look at look at your neighbor look at somebody again and tell them God wants you back But it's got to be your choice. Notice the text. Return. Change direction. Come on back. Come back to your first love. Come back to giving me all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Come back to turning in victory when you don't see victory. Come back to leaping for joy when you don't feel no joy. Come back to me come back to praising me the way you used to praise me let them know you still believe in getting your your dance. song let them know you still believe in waving your hands even though you've been sitting like a statue return Unto me. Aren't you glad God see everything? And He's willing to give you a chance. Willing to give you a chance to get yourself together. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. I said thank you, Jesus. Tell them to return unto me and and, and remind them that I'm married to them. And of course, he is not literally married to the backslider. But married in the text is figurative of God being dedicated to them. See, God, since the beginning of time, has been dedicated to man. And, and, And we know that John 3 and 16, it shows us how dedicated God is to the world. For that verse says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, had allowed him to be killed. Because he loved the world so much. That's some kind of dedication. God pulled you out of storms you couldn't get yourself out of. Why? He's dedicated to you. God helped you out when your own family turned their back on you. Why did he do it? Because he's dedicated to you. God helped you even when you didn't have a job, didn't have no money, didn't have a yard. To cultivate, you didn't have this, that, and the other. But he helped you. Why? Because he's married to you. Say to your neighbor, you know God is married to you. He's more dedicated to you than your own mama. He's more dedicated to you than your own than your own aunt. He's more dedicated to you than your pastor. He's more dedicated to you than your doctor. He's more dedicated to whoever you know. That's the reason we tell for can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do us like Jesus. Say that to somebody. Can't nobody, nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like. He dedicated to us. Walker, you don't have nothing right now, but I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to bring you from the bottom to the top and let you see that I'm dedicated to helping you. But it's not just a Walker thing. You heard Elder Beasley's testimony. You heard Elder Jackson's testimony, Minister Crowder's testimony. God is dedicated to us. He's no respecter, a person. Watch this, by show of hands, how many can put your hand up and say God is dedicated to me? Stuff that God could have allowed to be exposed about you. He kept it under cover. If your best friend knew about some of your dirt. She would expose you. But God said I know about your dirt. But I'm going to keep it on the cup Just serve me. What do you call that? Dedication. Say to your neighbor, God, being married to you you ought to say something about your relationship. As dedicated as He is to you, that should say something about your relationship. Who helped you when you couldn't help yourself? Who brought you from the bottom to the top? Who blessed you with the house you're in right now? You know your credit wasn't up to par. You didn't even have the down payment. You're driving that car like it, you got it on your own, but you know it wasn't nobody but Jesus that helped you get that pretty automobile. Yeah, you graduated, but barely. And the only reason you barely graduated is because God helped you with the test you needed to pass. He dedicated to us. I said, he dedicated to us. I got so high when I was in school, I said, Lord, I hope I graduated. This college, oh, God, I hope I graduate. I was so high every day, every day. I went to school to get high. Pray for me. Well, it's over now, but anyway. I know God helped me. How In the world, I end up graduating like that. He helped me. He dedicated to us. And see, this is, this is what's so awesome about the text here. God knew they had backslidden, but wanted them to know, look, I'm, I'm married to you. I'm dedicated to you. And then after that tells them, and I want you back. You've been low down, but I still want you back. Whoa, that couldn't be some of us. I said, that couldn't be some of us. If your wife, brother, was low down to you, you would you take her back? <laughs> Sister, girl, if the one you call boo Didn't help you pay the bills. Didn't do right by you. Would you take him back? some of y'all you'll walk around with divorce on your mind he gotta go if he don't get no job by Saturday he got to go if she don't straighten up and turn herself around she got to go by Sunday evening 6 o'clock and I'm gonna stick to that too but the Lord said I'll take you back even though I know you've been low down We'll get rid of folks even though we don't know the whole truth. We're thinking about what they may have done. We don't really know. We're just thinking about it. But the Lord see all, knows all. But still say, I'll take you back. Unconditional love. I'll take you back. I'll take you back and get you out of the place that you're in. I'll take you somewhere new. I'll take you somewhere different. I'll take you somewhere better. I'll take you somewhere bigger if you will just come if there's one of you want to come back I'll take you if you're two of you in a family I'll take you if, if the whole household want to come I'll take all Peter so, un, Peter so knew about God's mercy and his grace he revealed to the people on the day of Pentecost whoever come. On the name of the Lord shall be saved. Letting them know God will help you if you want to be helped. God will move for you if you're willing to do what needs to be done. But it's your choice. Say to your neighbor, it's your choice. God ain't going to pull you through the door. God ain't going to try to go up the steps and then grab you and bring you out the back way. No, it's got. To be your choice. I'll take you. But it's going to be your choice. I'll take you to a better. And a bigger place. I'll take you back. Notice the text. To Zion. I'll take you to Zion. And you got to understand Zion. Because literally. Zion was a mountain. In Jerusalem. But theologically, Zion represents the city of God and the presence of God. I'll take you to a place where you'll feel and experience my presence. Ecclesiastically, Zion represents. church. I'll put you in my church. I will put you in my church if you come back. I'll put you in a refuge. I'll put you in a safe place. I'll put you in a place where folks that desire to mess you up can't mess you up. I'll put you in a place where folks that want to see you down can't keep you down. Because I'll put you down just to raise you up. I'll put you in a place of prosperity. I'll put you in a place of better. I'll put you in a place of bigger. I'll put you in my church. I'll bring you back to Zion. I like how Solomon talked about God's house. He said, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place a refuge. I'm going to give you a safe place. You ain't got to worry about nobody putting stuff on the table that's going to kill you. It's going to be according to my will. It's going to be according to my word. I'll bring you back to Zion. I'll take you to Zion. Just depending on you. Some folks have been in the church but left the church. Some folks have never been a part of Zion, of the church, and need to become a part of it. Zion, God's church. And, And you have to understand that every church is not God's church. Jesus was talking about building churches and and there were thousands of churches, thousands of temples at the time, but he was still talking about building because he knew everything that was deemed a temple or a church was not pretty name, but false. A lot of folks over there, but People love to go there, but false. Every temple or church, whether it's a Buddhist or so-called Christian, is not God's church. They'll tell you it's God's church, but it's not. How will I know? Wherever God is, you're going to sense his anointing, his presence. False churches try to manifest a synthetic anointing. But when it comes to the real anointing, you will always be able to tell the difference between it and the sin. When it comes to true versus false worship, you will always be able to tell the difference. Are there false folks that go to true churches? Yes. Are there true folks that go to false churches? Yes. But you have to understand that when you get in the place you need to be, you will recognize or discern the real from the pseudo. The false from the true. How many are understanding? I'm going to bring you back to Zion. And some of us, we had tried false churches. You know false churches well, folk will let you do anything and still say you're going to heaven you knew they were lying when they told you you're going to heaven anyhow you knew enough of the Bible to know that if you stay in sin you were going to die in sin and in hell you were going to lift up your eyes you ain't got to say amen I know I'm right anyhow how many you knew going to the club and singing in the choir just wasn't wasn't doing the right thing and that when all was said and done you were going to bust hell wide open even though you told folks you went to such and such church and you understand point blank now that except you be born again you will not see the kingdom of God y'all holding on? in John 3 Jesus told a person that was dedicated to going to church unless he be born again he would not see or receive the kingdom of God Nicodemus was dedicated to the church Jesus even had to question him when he got to talking about biblical stuff he said look you being an elder of the church you don't know what I'm talking about you ain't read this that and the other he was in church but it was the wrong church say to your neighbor have you just ask your neighbor have you been, you been in the wrong church and, and for some of y'all sophisticates who may say what is the wrong church a church where God is not there a church where God's will is not taking place going to take you to Zion. And when I get you to Zion, I'm going to give you a gift. I know you like to sing, so I'm going to give you a choir. I know you like to play basketball, so I'm going to give you a gym. He didn't say that, did he? He said, I'm going to give you a And there are a lot of things that come after the gift that God may do for his people. But the main thing he wanted them to understand that they would receive when they got to Zion is shepherds. If there is no choir, no praise team. There needs to be a shepherd The primary reason anyone should be a part of the church is because of the gift that God first put in the church the shepherd your. Destiny is tied into your shepherd. I'll give you shepherds. And once you get the gift, then comes all that is going to be birthed from the shepherd, the praise team, the deacons, the elders, the ministers, and everything that makes up the body Christ but it starts with the shepherd I will give James 1 and 17 says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and say God sends it down he allows the Holy Spirit to get embedded in a person and that person becomes the mouthpiece of God that person becomes what the scripture deems a shepherd the shepherd is the one that takes the flock gradually from one level to another level from one pasture to another pastor shepherd is the one that does two things primarily: guide and protect. I'm not going to deal with the theological standpoint and the biblical standpoint yet. I'm just dealing with just a shepherd in general. A shepherd guides and protects bigger better come on come on come on you, you got you got some shepherd that say look y'all give y'all tithe I am the tithe you what I'm the tithe no you work you give your tithe first Some shepherds say, you do what I say, and don't you worry about what I do. Now, the Bible says that the shepherd is to imitate Christ. And then the people of God, starting with leadership, imitate the shepherd as he follows him. Shepherd always has to be the primary example of everything that goes on in the church. Lazy shepherds? No, God. No, 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 no. God shepherds work. I ain't got time to take you to a whole lot of scripture, but God shepherds work. They do what needs to be done. Are you understanding? But again, the shepherd is going to guide and protect and protect. That don't mean I'm going to keep it going with me to try to help you out. I'm going to protect you based upon the weapons that God has given us. For the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God will give us exactly what we need to fight any enemy that may rear his, his head. Still understanding? I will give you shepherds. I'll give you shepherds but then his shepherds do more than just guide and protect his shepherds do more than just move the sheep gradually now they do these things remember they guide and protect you need to see that in me you just see that I'm guiding and protecting you need to see that I'm moving you gradually. I've been talking about understanding for what? months. Gradual process. you need to see that in me. You don't need to listen to folks that say, well, you know a shepherd, real shepherd, he's going to be at the office 9 to5. That means I'm a false shepherd all day. Real shepherd, real shepherd, he's going to visit everybody in the office. I'm a false shepherd all day. But if you show me in the Bible where I need to be, somewhere 9 to 5, I'll do it. I'm required to visit everybody, get in I'll do it. You can't listen to what folks say. You have to know the word for yourself. <laughs> I pray for you, but when it comes to specific prayers, even for people that are going through, it's supposed to be done by certain ones in the church, the elders. When it comes to taking care of it, I can do it, but it's supposed to be done by specific folks, the deacons. Now, I can't sing, so I ain't even going now. Yes, yes, you have to know what a pastor is. And I just took one little verse to, to show you primarily what a pastor is responsible for. Well pastors, I'm going to lead church pastor didn't come see me and I was going through such that well that ain't pastor's job, a pastor's going to make sure somebody get there. But, he, but again, contextually, he takes it to another level, biblically and theologically speaking. Now, now, he says, I'm going to give you shepherds. Then he says, according to my heart. According to my heart. So now, he lets... The flock know exactly what they need to be able to perceive or recognize in reference to the traits of a shepherd. Other than certain things you can already see that I talked about, he's going to be according to my heart. That, that means that if, if, you're gonna, if you want to know if your pastor has the heart of God, you got to get in God <laughs> There's no way you can know if my heart is according to God and you're not in God. You can't listen to a sinner that says your past is just such and such and such and such and that's because a sinner is not in God. But you have to be in God to know your pastor's heart. I'll give you pastors according to my heart. And and when it comes to the heart, the Hebrew Hebrew word for heart is leb. It primarily has to do with number one, awareness. I'm going to give you pastors according to my heart. Pastors that are aware of what's happening. They are aware of what's happening when it comes to my will. They are aware of what's happening when it comes to my flock. Second pastors... that have the mindset of God. My mind can't be like your mind. I'm saying from a human standpoint. No, my mind has to be as the mind of God. I have to be able to have a mentality to look beyond what the natural is saying and see what God is revealing. If my mind is like a human mind, I'm going to panic when I see certain things. I'm going to get nervous when certain things happen. I can't be God's shepherd And have that tight mind set. Now as people of God grow in in mentality, your mind also has to become the mind of Christ. Philippians 2 and 5 says that let this mind be in you. He was talking to the church. That was also in Christ Jesus. Romans 12 and 2 says be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may get this. No or be aware of the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I have to have awareness. I have to have a mindset. And I also have to be to the point to where my choices are in line with the will of God. You can't pressure me into doing it because you say you're going to lead the church. Bye. Now earlier, that could have happened. I have to choose as God would choose. We're talking about the shepherd, right? I give you shepherds according to my what? You notice God never, never chooses the way man chooses. Isaiah so understood it to where in Isaiah 55, he he revealed, he said, his ways are not as the ways of man. His thoughts are not as the thoughts of man. Even gave them the distinction. He said, as high as the heavens are from the earth, so are his thoughts and so are his ways. Your pastor, he's thinking y'all are supposed to be doing such. Don't he see what's going on? He ain't supposed to see it. He's supposed to see through the eyes of God. Elijah revealed it when his, when his servant was on one level looking at what was going on, literally. But Isaiah, well, Elijah was in the spirit and saying, Lord, open up his eyes so he can see what I see. I will give you shepherds according to my heart. We ain't going to vote on it. You know how churches vote? Let's take a vote on it. No, ain't going to be no vote. Unless it's something like the carpet or something. Vote on it. When we gonna watch? We going to wash the vans on Saturday, you can vote on that. But when it comes to voting in reference to the word ain't no vote there's no vote it's going to be the will of God and see you need to be to the point to where you can recognize that what I'm doing as a pastor the choices that I'm choosing are in line with his will and you're seeing the manifestation because if God gives it to me he's going to manifest it surely the Lord God will do Nothing unless he revealed his secrets, plans, will unto his servants, the prophets. And you know when it comes to a pastor, a pastor is a house prophet. He is a house prophet for God's folk. How many are still understanding? Oh, Lord have mercy. Oh, Lord, I got to hear I will give you shepherds according to my heart that will feed you with what? Knowledge. knowledge. I'm going to give you a real simple definition with two simple definitions of uh knowledge. Number one, know how. That's it. You, 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 just, you just know. He, he going he to give you knowledge so you know how. So you can know how to do this, that, and the other. And then the second definition, so you know what? Know what? What you mean know what? You'll know what not to do and you'll know what to do. Bottom line, you need, you need a knowing. You need a knowing. If your cousin telling you to go do something that, and it's okay, you need, you need to know that, okay, I, we can go. But if your cousin telling you to do something and, and you know, biblically speaking, that you don't need to deal with that, you got your knowledge. That's what you're gonna get from a pastor. You're gonna get no. You're gonna get a knowing in you. It's gonna be a knowing in you what to and what not to do. But it's also gonna be a knowing in you when it comes to how you should handle yourself in church and outside of church. It's got to go beyond that. You you gotta take this right here and not only use it for what for what's happening in church, but what's happening in your life God will give you know how of how to make money how to turn your business around but guess where they will do it at? Right here you just gotta listen. you can never allow what you get from your pastor to be a church thing or just a church thing it has to be a life thing why is that? John 10 and 10 Jesus said the thief comes not before the steal, kill and destroy I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly why does he, What kind of life does he want us to have? Abundant life. And that's what Jesus said. But then John turned around and said in, John, in 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper, be in health, even as your soul does prosper. How many are still understanding? Yeah. And so when it comes to understanding, we understand we got two primary definitions. Understanding in the early stage just simply means that you find out the meaning or you grasp the meaning of something or somebody. Second level of understanding is when you become conclusive about a meaning and you apply yourself accordingly when it comes to your thoughts, your words, and your deeds. That's what understanding is. But he says they're they're going to feed you. Shepherds are going to feed you with help me know-how know and Understand. so you can know what something means and you can reach a conclusion or be conclusive about it. And it's wonderful that God has given us a gift. But it's not wonderful when you have folk that don't like eating. I wish to God some folk who love eating pork chop and rice... Some folks who just can't wait to get to their mama's house to to, to eat them greens and them neck bones. I I wish they had that same hunger spiritually for God's word. I wish folk who who have these old say, like, man, I'm so hungry I could eat horse. I wish they had that same type hunger. When it comes to the church, don't th- you know you don't say it like that, girl. I just want something needed. It don't matter. I'm just home. You, you can stop right here if you want to. <laughs> A folk who who would go, who would drive for miles. Ella Jackson, Sister Jackson, Brother Joey Sister Graft. Them just two couples I know. We're drive for miles. Just to eat something. On a weekday. I just wish I had folk just like that. And I know I have got some, but I wish I had more just like that. You wake up and say, Man, I, I just I got a taste for egg harbor. And you just get in your car. Y'all love egg harbor? Boy, that's some good eating, boy. That was a side story. I ain't gonna go that up. But anyway, I just wish I had. For man, I got. We gotta to get to church. Oh God, God, I'm going to get me something. There. Oh, I just praying that Pastor He loaded down with that knowledge and understanding. I know we ain't gonna get the two items, but I hope when we get there, He got them two items. <laughs> and they on that plate real good, cause I need me some knowledge and I need me some understanding. I'm hungry. I've been going through it all week. I gotta have a word. Amen. And I'm gonna show you why, and then I'm done. I'm gonna show you why we, we got we, we need to be hungry when we come to church and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be done. Let's start in Luke 4. Y'all stay with me. I'm finna be done. I hope y'all. I got to the point where y'all understand how come I can't finish no uh, message in 30 minutes. I can't feed you in 30 minutes. How many understand that by now? And some of y'all should understand because you can't eat no meal in no 30 minutes. Some of us wait an hour just for the food we want. Where they say us a waiting list is 25 minutes. Well, we'll just wake. Right? How many of ever waited at least 30 minutes just to get a table? And then when you got the table, you got to wait 30 more minutes just to get the food. You don't get to the point. I'm disgusted. They ain't brought it yet. Let's go. You don't do that. No. If it's something you want to eat, you're going to stay there until they bring that plate. And when you eat, ain't nothing going to be left. But anyway, we're in Luke 4 and 4. This is what Jesus said to the devil. Jesus answering him or the devil saying it is written man shall not help me by bread but by what I gotta get knowledge and understanding if I'm gonna live if I'm gonna exist the way God has ordained for me to exist on this earth I got to get knowledge and understanding if I'm going to be productive on a job where folk get on my nerve I've got to have knowledge and understanding if I'm going to supervise these folk that act crazy every time I turn around I got to have some knowledge and understanding if I'm going to get this business that's going down to come back up, I've got to have some knowledge and understanding. If I'm going to get this wife of mine to learn how to cook and to learn how to clean and to learn how to do this, that, and the other, I've got to have some knowledge and understanding. Man shall not exist. Whatever you do in existence... That's why you need knowledge and understanding that comes from God. Whatever you do in life, that's why you need it. You don't come here just to get no sermon. You come here because you need something to live by. Look at somebody and say these are not pastors' words. This is what Jesus said to who? The devil. And if the devil knows you need it, what is he going to try to do? Stop you from? Because at the time, who was he trying to stop from living the word? Jesus. He wants you to come to church mad at the pastor, mad at somebody else. He wants you to come to church and allow sister so-and-so to talk to you through the whole service. Or for you to look at your phone and text through the whole service. Because he knows if you get the word down on the inside of you, it will change your life for the better. If that word get in you, you won't leave here with the same mindset. You won't leave here talking the way you used to talking. You won't leave here doing what you are used to doing. You will leave here better. 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 You got to live by what you get. You got to live it in your everyday life. You got to let the word change your life for the pattern. The word is show you how you, you can go from making a thousand a week to a thousand a day. you hear me if that's what you desire to be a blessing to your family to your church and so that's what the word will do the word will show you how to multiply see, see that passage about Jesus causing little to be able to take care a whole life that's real now the word does not change That's too heavy for y'all right now. We'll, We'll come back to that another day. Luke 6. This is my last scripture. This is my last scripture. Lord have mercy. Luke 6, 21. Blessed are you who hunger. When? Now. For you shall be filled. Don't come to church waiting for the praise team to get you stirred about the word. Be hungry before you come. Start thinking about your feeding before you come. Just, just like some of us, we, when we know that we're going to be going on vacation in like three days, we start thinking about that vacation on that day. Before the vacation even comes, we three days away. We talking about what we gonna be doing on the beach. We 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 done Google our itinerary trying to figure out what all we gonna do. Yeah, when we get there, we're gonna do you ain't left, you ain't you you still at the house, but but you looking forward to your vacation. You're hungering for that vacation. Well, Pastor, is there anything wrong with that? No. No. But you need to have that same hunger for God's word. Because, see, if you have that same hunger for God's word, God will turn, turn around and he will bless you with the money for a vacation. I'm going to tell you all something. Between us. All right i am tell y'all something. This, this happened. At first, let me tell you this happened. This, this is the God truth. A few years ago, the Lord told me. He said, look here. I want, to, I want you to take. Every time you get $5, I want you to take it and just put it back. A few years ago. And so I just started putting $5. You know, I come home, take off my clothes. If I got $5, i will put $5 back. Somebody give me some money. I didn't that, put that $5. I mean, just $5, $5. And, and so anyway. Uh, the Lord said, "I want you to go on vacation, but it's just going to be a five-dollar vacation." Am I? Am We went on a five-dollar vacation. Now, hold on, hold on. Let me explain. Let me explain. Everywhere we went, whether it was a restaurant, whether it was buying something, you know what? You know what we gave folks five dollars. <that-that-> that- that- <laughs> I put so many fives at at one place. Where all these fives come from? (laughs) She's saying, some of these fives owe, too. I'm going to have to check and see if we can take these fives. The whole vacation was paid for with $5. How in the world did you get knowledge to to pay for a vacation with $5? Him, him, her whole vacation, $5, seeing this thing that that, uh, I desired, about $600, get what I paid for it with, fives, I told the president, look, you're going to have to be patient now because I'm going to pay for this with $5 bills. Fives? I say, yeah, $5. You ain't got no 20s? Yeah, but I'm going to pay for it with fives. And you should have seen the counter just laid out. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 100, 5, 10. It just... If you hunger and thirst, God will feel you. And when he feels you, it will not only change your spiritual relationship with him, it'll change every aspect of your life. And I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop right there.